0: Welcome to the My Money Podcast, a Southern Company production about helping you make the most of your money. This My Money Podcast is for general information purposes only and does not provide legal, financial, or investment advice. This podcast is intended to provide a summary of some of the information you should consider as you review your financial well-being. This podcast does not supersede the description of benefits contained in the plan documents. In the event of any discrepancy between this podcast and the planned documents, the plan documents will govern. The views expressed here are those of the presenters and not necessarily those of Southern Company.
1: Today, we're talking about estate planning and protecting your assets. We have Bob Bideman, Southern Company's Director of Retirement and Financial Well-Being. Bob is joined by Monique McDowell and Brad Hillsmeyer. Monique is an IRISA and Employees Benefit Attorney with Southern Company, and Brad is a Human Resources Manager at Alabama Power Company. Hi, Monique. Hi, Brad. Thanks for joining us today for our discussion on estate planning. Monique, first, can you discuss the differences between a will and a trust and why someone may need either of these documents?
2: A will is a written document that expresses someone's final wishes for how arrangements and affairs should be handled and how their assets or property should be distributed after their death. So a will might state who should receive certain property. And if the final wishes are to make sure someone doesn't receive certain property, a will can specify which family members are disinherited. Now moving to trusts. There are different types of trusts, but for now, we're focusing on the living trust, which are also called revocable trust. The living trust is a written document that sets up a relationship for a fiduciary, which is called the trustee, to manage assets for trust beneficiaries. So at the time the trust is set up, the assets are placed under the control of the trustee for the trustee to handle how the assets are used and transferred. Both the will and living trust are state planning tools. Both allow someone to transfer property or assets to people or to entities like a charitable organization. But one difference, and some might say the main difference, is that a will must go through a probate process, which is a court supervised process to authenticate the will to appoint a representative and that representative oversees the distribution and transfer of assets. Um, but a living trust uh, is a non-probate asset. And that means they don't go through that supervised court supervised process.
1: Great. Yeah, I have a living trust established for my assets. So um, basically everything in my beneficiaries, even my you know, mortgage is all, listed under the living trust. Um, So that's all my assets are kind of consolidated under one thing. Um, I hear a lot about power of attorney documents um, like financial power of attorney, healthcare related power of attorneys. Can you talk a little bit about that as well?
2: Uh, Power of attorney is a document that authorizes someone to act on your behalf. There are different types of power of attorney. So we'll focus on two types of power of attorney. Uh, and that's the durable power of attorney for finances and the health power of attorney. The durable power of attorney for finances allows the authorized agent to act on your behalf. It's called durable because the agent can act even if you are incapacitated. The authority to act becomes effective once the document is properly signed, which includes being witnessed and notarized. It can be revoked. But typically, the revocation has to be with every one, every entity, every business that has the power of attorney and the agent. Um, the healthcare power of attorney gives someone to, the right to handle medical decisions if you can't do so yourself. So, if there's a medical emergency, for example, if you're unconscious, the healthcare power of attorney authorizes someone that you name to act and it states how your care should be handled.
1: So what happens if you do not have a power of attorney on file?
2: You really want this sort of document in place when you're able to make the directions, when you're able to name who should be authorized. Um, They can't be signed when you're incapacitated or after an emergency. So it's a good planning tool to think through and make sure it's in place so that if the unforeseen circumstances occur, you already have your agent, your authorized agent in place.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know we've seen a lot of situations where, you know, people will call in to get access to, you know, maybe um, an employee is incapacitated and, you know, it's either a family member or a spouse is trying to call to get information and you know, unfortunately, with a lot of the new laws and regulations, we're kind of limited on what we can provide without that power of attorney. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: All right. So now we're going to pivot a little bit and ask Brad. Um, Brad, I've heard you mention MetLife has some um, free services or other services that people may want to think about. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. And this
3: is one of our, our great benefits that I'd like to tell employees about. Uh, But MetLife offers uh, our employees access to will preparation services at no cost. Uh, That's a big, big thing that we offer for employees. And there's two options available. Uh, The first option is for if employees have signed up uh, for the prepaid legal benefit with our added benefits program during annual enrollment or for employees who already have or who signed up and were approved for supplemental life insurance during annual enrollment By the way, supplemental is that employee paid life insurance beyond what the company provides. But for employees who have that, there's the option to receive will preparation services from a network attorney at no cost. And so if you have that, you simply call MetLife Legal Plans and their number is 1-800-821-6400 and identify yourself as either a prepaid legal participant or that you have supplemental life insurance through Southern Company And they'll go over exactly what will preparations you receive at no cost. I actually just called them myself and and they went through the list with me and they provide names of local attorneys uh, in your area that will provide the benefit. And for all employees, if you don't, for example, if you don't have those things, or even if you're interested, we also have access uh, from MetLife to a no cost online will preparation website called willscenter.com. So it's wills with an S center.com. And that website create uh, guide you on how to create your own will, uh, a living will and power of attorney documents. Uh, they have a number for technical support, but just to clarify, they don't have access to an attorney and the website doesn't provide the legal advice.
1: Okay. Thanks, Brad. And um, kind of moving on when we think about wills, Monique, a lot of people may think that they can list who their beneficiaries for their pension or savings plan or life insurance. Uh, can be under their will can you talk a little bit about the differences between plan beneficiaries versus beneficiaries in a will
2: sure and and this is a really good point to bring up um because it is true oftentimes our participants our employees they think that if they designate in their will who should receive their their death benefit from one of the plans that that's what controls. But there are some important differences between what the will can control and also what the plan documents control. Um, Wills control probate assets, like we mentioned earlier. Um, Probate is a court-supervised process. But wills don't control non-probate assets, which are things like payable on death accounts certain property with a right of survivorship and things that have a designated beneficiary like life insurance or retirement accounts. So it's extremely important to name a beneficiary under the pension plan, under the 401k plan, and under life insurance, because whoever's listed as the beneficiary trumps every other document, such as a will or even a trust. And and just as an example, so if the will states that person X should receive the 401k account. If the beneficiary designation is someone other than person X, the 401k plan must pay whoever is designated as the beneficiary.
1: So what happens if, you know, they don't have a beneficiary?
2: So if there's no beneficiary on file, then the plans have what's called a default beneficiary. And so that's a beneficiary designation using a hierarchy, which if the person is married, starts with their spouse. If they're not married, their children would receive the benefit. If there are no children, then their parents. Next, we would go to their siblings, depending on the plan. And then finally, if no close related relatives are found or are living, then it would go to their estate.
1: Okay, great. So it's really important that they make sure they have a beneficiary and probably check their beneficiaries once a year, if not more, um, on all these plans. Um, So, um, and I think we have information available on how to, in the show notes about how to check your beneficiaries. Um, Brad, can you talk a little bit about um, kind of, other tools and resources that we have to help people organize because having all your financial information is it's kind of a challenge kind of putting it all in one spot so something were to happen to you people know kind of hey where do i kind of where do i call what do i do can you talk a little bit about some of the um, resources and tools that we have available to employees on that end
3: yeah definitely and so um, as an hr manager uh, unfortunately over the years i've been contacted uh, Unfortunately, multiple times by family members of an employee or retiree who passes away. Um, one thing we can do is we can definitely route the family on how to exercise their benefits through our company. But really, beyond that, we don't have information on other benefits, policies, assets beyond our company. So, what I'm particularly relieved about is when a family member calls in. And they're executing a plan that was developed in advance. So, um, as you can imagine, of course, the passing of a family member is like stressful enough. Uh, when they're called, they're, they're usually pretty, pretty stressed out. Uh, but you can do things right now to take care of your family at this stressful time. Um, I encourage you, one of the things I encourage you to look at is and consider utilizing is something called the Family Financial Organizer Tool. Um, that's located on our MySource website. Uh, you go to the main page of the pension. ESP tab. So again, go to my source website, click on pension ESP. And on that main page that shows up, there's the family financial organizer tool. And what this is, is this simply is a tool where you can document, organize, keep all your important financial information in one place. Uh, it's a series of editable PDF worksheets that you print out and keep in your own safe place to document things like your personal information, Southern company benefits, personal insurance, debt, assets, estate planning information. And what I particularly like about the tool is personally like on my own, I'm not an attorney. I don't know what items I need to document for my family, but the tool prompts you on what items to consider and guides you on what data elements to enter into the tool. Um, And then you just give yourself a reminder like every year or as needed to update these documents.
1: Many, um kind of on just kind of our last topic is a little bit about, you know, a lot of times people are worried about, you know, are my heirs going to have to pay taxes and that sort of thing? Um, can you just give a real quick overview of really the estate tax law and how most people won't be impacted by that?
2: The estate tax rules can be very complex and they vary depending on the state where the person lived or, or where they had property. Um, as well as their individual circumstances. So it's really important to get professional tax advice on these sorts of matters. But with that said, um, a high-level overview is just that the estate tax is a federal tax, it's collected after death, and is charged to and payable by the deceased person's estate. The good news is that for 2021, the estate tax only applies two estates worth more than $11.7 million. And that's because there's an exemption uh, of $11.7 million. So after looking at the fair market value of everything the person owned and subtracting the allowable deductions, credits, and exemptions, if the estate is $11.7 million or more, only then will it be subject to that federal estate tax.
1: Great. Thank you. So to wrap up, it's important that you understand your estate planning needs, such as wills, power of attorneys, etc., and consider the Southern Company resources. Also review your beneficiary designations under the pension plan, employee savings plan, and life insurance annually, or after a life changing event. And then Brad? Yeah, for sure. And
3: don't also forget to use that family financial organizer tool. Uh, to help you document all your key accounts. And don't forget about our will preparation options that we offer at no cost.
1: Great. So lastly, remember to check out all the other resources at the My Money Challenge website under week five, protect and complete those challenges to move up the leaderboard.
0: For more information about financial well-being and your retirement plans, check the show notes and visit the Pension ESP tab on MySource.